Hi, welcome to Veterinary Journal Club. Uh, I am excited to, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, I have uh, a new guest with me, Dr. Sarah Barilovitz, who is not a veterinarian, um, no. um, so she's the other kind of doctor, uh, the, the PhD kind, uh, and your PhD was in molecular biology and biochemistry, is yes, that right? Um, and uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more um, about that in just a second, but also you then have, so you were in academia for your PhD. Then you went into industry, worked in uh, a lab, essentially, and then got away from that and started getting into um, editing, essentially grants. Um, so grant writing and editing and helping and facilitating. And I'm yes. probably not doing a very good job, so we'll let you <laughs> no, explain okay. that better. Um, so welcome. Um, Thank I'm you. glad to have you here, Sarah. And uh, yeah, so maybe start by telling us a little bit about your experience doing your PhD and then your time in industry and all that good stuff. Sure. So... Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. Um, so I did my PhD here at University of Florida. Um, I finished almost six years ago, over six years ago now. Um, and like you said, it was in biochemistry and molecular biology. And mostly I did gene regulation. So a lot of um, mammalian cell culture work, looking at different stimuli and seeing how that affects what genes are expressed and transcription factors that are binding to the genes, what they're doing, things like that. Um, and when I finished, I did a really brief postdoc at UF as well because mm -hmm. my husband was finishing his PhD. Um, but I was pretty sure I didn't want to stay in academic research anymore. So I, we moved up to Madison, Wisconsin <laughs> and for his postdoc. And I got uh, a job at Roche mm -hmm. um, as a scientist. That was more kind of immunology-based. We were working on peptide array technology. And about two years later, we were wanting to leave Wisconsin uh, it's it's cold. cold there. It's yeah. cold. <laughs> and um, I had always been interested in editing. I worked as a copy editor at mm -hmm. The Alligator when I was an undergrad here at UF. That's fun. Um, I don't think I didn't know that. Yeah, it was That's really cool. fun. I got paid almost nothing, but I loved it. Yep. <laughs> and so... Um, You're speaking to veterinarians, so oh, they, okay. they understand <laughs> choosing a job not for the for, money. For passion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started working rem for in a remote position for a company called Research Square that does editing manuscripts for people who don't speak English oh, as a right. native language. Um, so that was a really interesting learning experience. I mean, it was really fun to get to basically fix a paper, quote unquote, but really help the scientists get their science across instead of right. having the language be an impediment to right. them getting, um, you know, a good review. Because a lot of times... When the language is not great, the reviewers can kind of not even see past that. Yeah, and, and even as a reviewer, it, it can be tough if, like, the yeah. writing itself, even if it's not necessarily a language issue, but it, it right. can be really hard to ignore that. And sure. then it, it colors your, your review for sure. Yes. So that was mostly manuscripts. Some grants, I did edit some grant, grants in that position. Um, I did some copy editing as well. And eventually I ended up moving over to grant writing. We moved, we, I now live in the Triangle area in North Carolina. So once we moved down there... Um, I started looking around for other things to do, and that was my most recent position was working um, for a consulting company that helps small businesses apply for um, grants from the NIH, NSF, DOD. There's a lot of government agencies that have these small business grants, um, but it would also be sometimes we would help with R01s um, from the NIH, things like that. Um, basically, any kind of grant, small, right. um, private foundations, mm -hmm. anything we would yeah. do the writing, and we would also do the sort of project management of putting all the documents together, 
interacting with like academic collaborators or um, regulatory consultants or statisticians, everybody that needs to be yep. part of the grant, yeah. uh, we would sort of coordinate that whole process and then submit the grant for them yeah. as well. So for a lot of the people that are likely listening to this, um, some of them might be experienced researchers, but I'm guessing the majority of them are not. So you know, maybe some students, um, some residents or other house officers who have likely not a lot of experience um, in research in, you know, in general, but in grant writing in particular. Um, and so one of the things um, I was hoping you could share with us today is, is you know, given your experience kind of on both ends uh, of the research aspect um, from, you know, doing the benchtop research, writing, editing, and grant writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'd love it if you can share with us some of your, your thoughts. Now, um, the perspective that I have and a lot of the people listening are likely to have is that, you know, we don't do a lot of big grant writing. You know, we're, right. there are some, there absolutely are veterinarians who are, are getting, you know, quarter of a million dollar, half million dollar grants, sometimes through the NIH and things like that. But a lot of the people, a lot of us don't. Um, we might do small grants or, and, and it can be really intimidating, um, sure, to be perfectly absolutely. honest. And, you know, there's not a lot of formal training in that. And so no. you're like, oh, hey, write a grant. And the first time you do it, you're like, ah, you just get like the, the you know, the instructions for the, that particular grant and you do the best you can. Um, that's not so, a bad approach. Yeah. <laughs> you mean just to follow the yeah. instructions? Yes. Yeah. That's one of my um, tips actually. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, well, all right. I don't want to steal any more of your thunder. So, um, you've, uh, you've got, you know, some, some things you've gathered over the years, basically what works well, and then maybe even more of what definitely doesn't work well. So, yes. um, so maybe you can share with us some of your tips. Sure. So before I get into sort of my list of tips, my, my two disclaimers that I want to put out there are that first, several of these are going to seem pretty obvious, yeah. but I have seen them all happen multiple times. Yep. Um, I have seen people not follow this advice a lot and it's not a great practice. So think of these as like best practices. Yeah. Even though they seem obvious, they seem obvious. it's easier than you might think to forget about them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be hard. Like you're saying, if you have, you're very busy, it can be very easy to sort of yep. wing it. Yeah. We all procrastinate. Yeah. Maybe this isn't the right don't time wing to wing it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or don't wing it and expect to get uh, your grant exactly. approved. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then the second is that my terminology is probably going to be a bit NIH focused because that's what I have the most experience with. Um, but I think that my tips are pretty universal. Yeah. And you can obviously stop I will me tol- if you're like, don't worry, I will I interrupt you about. if I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you use acronyms, I don't know, I'll call you out. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I have five tips that are sort of more project management, grant preparation type mm-hmm. tips, and we can start with those. Um, the first is the following directions one it's read. Read the entire funding opportunity announcement, request for proposals, whatever, yeah. whatever they're calling it, um, the thing that tells you what to do. Yeah. Read that and figure out what you're going to need to put together, all the documents you're going to yeah. need to have. If you're going to need to submit a letter of intent mm-hmm. ahead of time, when is that due? Is it just optional or is it required? Okay. That's a good point. I don't think I've ever submitted anything that had like separate due dates for like... Yeah. Sometimes I've done like have, pre-proposals, but then they, they sure. let you know. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's a yeah. letter of intent. S- different a- uh, government agencies can have a required letter of intent yeah. for different types of grants yeah. and you have to do it. I could totally or see you myself can't missing submit that, the grant. I'll be honest. <laughs> so. Yeah. I would be like, grant deadline here. And then I would probably miss some mm-hmm. little detail in the first step one submit this and I would, I could see myself. So yeah, I and, understand that people miss those things. And just as to give an example from my experience, I was working with companies for over a year and I would still have to remind myself 
to read the entire funding opportunity announcement and make sure I didn't miss anything because it can be in sort of opposite of not being used to grants. If you do them a lot, it can be very easy to get complacent and think, I know how this works. Yeah. Just read it. I guess that's probably been my advantage is that I like, it's still so intimidating that that I do, I go through and I kind of comb through it, but it's really easy to read it, you know, day one and Mm -hmm. be like, okay, that all makes sense. Right. And then you have this idea floating around in your head and before you get down to the actual doing of the things you've, you've, oh crap, I missed that one. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. So read all of it. And then if you are not sure that you're eligible it can, it's usually pretty clear, but you know, with some yeah. of the smaller foundations, it can be difficult to tell. Or if you're not sure the project you want to propose is a good fit, or if you just have any questions about the funding opportunity announcement or request for proposals itself, contact someone yeah. and ask the questions. Yeah. The NIH is great about this. I think people oh, can good. sometimes be a little scared, especially yeah. when I was working with companies that maybe weren't academics and weren't used to yeah. it. It can seem intimidating, but the program officers are there for that. Yeah. That's um, good to know. Again, with a smaller foundation, maybe it's debatable how much they were going to be able to help you. I will you, say I've done this once before. I had a, um, I had an opportunity and it, it was not clear to me, you know, that this, it, it was, it was definitely a medical grant, mm-hmm. like for medical research, but I was like, would veterinary fall under that? Hey? Exactly. And I was, so I just, I did, I just either had a contact information. I emailed cause I'm like, It'd be great if if I do, um, but I don't want to waste my time. If right. like if I'm just going to be Absolutely. eliminated out of hand, yeah. and so I did. I reached out to somebody, and they were at first they were like, uh, "We're not really sure because we haven't and no one's been asked." And then they got back to me later and like, "We don't think so." And I was like, "Thank you for not wasting my time." So sure, and that's a good tip. And that they all feel that way. They don't want your time to be wasted, and they don't want their time yeah. to be wasted by getting in a proposal that right. may not be worth their time to yeah. even look at because yeah, it's not a Yeah, you get a 17-page proposal, and by page 15, yeah. you're like, oh, this one's not eligible. Yeah. No, I yeah. can imagine everyone's unhappy about that. And even to the extent that you could, um, for an NIH-type grant or anything that would have you know, your technical objectives, your specific aims, you could send those to the program officer okay. and say, here's what I think my project is going to look like does this seem okay. like it fits? Does it yeah. seem innovative enough for what you're looking That's for? That's really cool. I wouldn't have thought to do that at all. Yeah. And it's a great, it's, it, you can even ask them to, to talk to you on the phone. Nice. It's better to email first and try to set that sure. up, but it, they're always willing to help. That's so cool. That's my first tip. Um, follow directions and ask questions. I like if it. If you don't know what you're doing. I like it. <laughs> so it does seem obvious, but also seems really easy to yes. let that one fall by the way. Yes. Um, the second is actually the most important. Mm. I'm just doing them sort of in order of how you would approach putting a grant together. But this is the absolute most important. Okay. Give yourself enough time. Oh, that sounds like the hardest one it too, though. It is really hard. <laughs> and a lot of people aren't planners by nature. Mm-hmm. And that is fine. You're not going to change your personality just for one grant or something like that. But really try to... Look at all of the pieces when you're reading the opportunity announcement. Look at everything you're going to need to do, all the documents you're going to need to get together, all the uh, contacts you might need to make, the collaborators you might need, the people involved, and try to map out how long that's going to take. And especially with the other people involved, the way I look at it is, you know, some people say they, they do their best work at the last minute. Yeah. Those people are probably lying to themselves. So I, it's <laughs> my feeling is they probably don't, but maybe they do. Yeah, maybe they sure. do. But even if you do, it's much 
better for everybody else involved yeah. if everything is happening a little bit earlier because you don't want to be giving something some somebody something at the last minute. Well, that's a really good point. Or because, requesting their help at the last minute. Right. And if you're submitting through university, you may have you likely have an internal deadline that you have to hit. Yeah. That kind of thing. And you don't it's just going to be better overall and more respectful exactly. to everyone involved if you're working ahead of time. Because it's rare that you're going to be writing this solo and you're the only name on the grant. Like that. Exactly. Not impossible, but very rare. And maybe for a smaller grant you are. Sure. And, f- and then, then, then do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> That's but no, fine. for the respect of your colleagues, yeah, yeah maybe give them time to like, yeah. hey, uh, hey, can you guys review this? It's due in 30 minutes. Not cool. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. That's tough. And, <laughs> and I would say even, you know, even if you are doing it yourself, you're yeah. just gonna you're gonna be better served. One of my later tips is to have someone else review it. You're gonna be better served if you have that time built and, into your schedule. And you schedule. allow them the time to again exactly. not say, Hey, can you review this and get yes. it back to me by noon? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um that's the biggest one. And sort of a sub sub tip of that one is to we were talking about specific specific aims earlier. Finalize finalize those as early in the process as yeah. possible because those are going to inform everything yeah. you do. Your technical objectives, your specific aims. So you mean like you've got your hypothesis and then like that that you mean by your aims though? So your aims are basically, here's what I'm going to do with this money that you're giving me. It's, you know, it can vary obviously based on, there's so many different types of projects, but it's the experiment you're doing. It's the, the model you might be trying to build, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, finalize those aims as early in the project as possible because you will, that will obviously inform the proposal you write, yeah, it will inform the people you need on the yeah. grant because the different mm-hmm. expertise that you might need yeah. in addition to your own. Um, <coughs> your budget, obviously. Your budget mm-hmm. because you're going to need different yeah. equipment or you might need a specific facility that maybe you don't have access to and you need to show that you can get access, that yeah. kind of thing. Everything comes from those. Um, so what I saw a lot of when I was working with clients on grants was we'd have specific aims and then they would really want to change those, ah, you know, okay. like two weeks before the deadline. Yeah. You can. It's your grant, ultimately. Yeah. But it's going to, the rest of it's going to suffer. Because right. it's not going to be a thought through. Yeah. Well, I could, you're going to m- make a change and then something else, if you don't catch it, isn't mm-hmm. going to make exactly. sense. And they're going to pick up on that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's better to have those finalized as gotcha. early as possible. So if... Again, if you need to make a change, you know, if you feel like you absolutely have to for the integrity of the, sure. the study, that sure. Ha- and that happens. But if it's like, oh, I want to tweak this, like, mm-hmm. is it is probably it better to, yeah. like, really decide, do I have to do this or is my original thought process okay? Exactly. Yeah. And, again, that's why getting input sort of early on on yeah. your specific games can really help because yeah. you can make, you can realize at the beginning what is best. Yeah. And then you can go forward from there and yeah. hopefully not have to change it. I'm not saying never change anything. Sure. That things I mean, that's happen, with the editing and but, reviewing and getting but, other input. Yeah. But if you can have the bones of it yeah. laid out, it makes a big difference. Makes sense. So, All right. uh, most important one. Most important Give one. yourself time. Give yourself enough time. Yeah. Um, number three is, it's kind of specific to putting a grant together, but it's also something you should be doing, I think, over your career in general, is to be developing relationships and collaborations with other people. Um, specifically for a, one particular grant, you may realize right. when you put your specific aims together that you don't have the expertise you need right. for that grant and you need to bring someone on. And I would say for the most part, don't hesitate to ask somebody that maybe you don't even really know that well, but you know they have that yeah. expertise because all they, can, they might say no. Right, then you're in the same spot you were exactly. before. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, 
if you can be developing those relationships at conferences, yeah. you know, if you take a poster or you're presenting a conference, go to other people's presentations, look at their posters, ask questions, and just have yeah. them as resources you can go to so that you're not sort of scrambling at the last minute yeah. on a grant thinking, oh, I need someone who can do this particular procedure and I can't. Yeah. And you don't know who to ask. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. When you like networking is the word that just makes my, Oh, I hate it. Don't worry. Um, I hate it too. Because it's, but what you're describing isn't networking for the sake of networking, right? Like it's somebody you have presumably a a similar interest with, right? Yeah. So to me, if I just don't call it networking in my mind, I feel like I'm more comfortable with that. Like if I go to a conference and I go to someone's poster or their presentation and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this person thinks like I do. They also think this is the most important thing in the world and they're sort of neurotic about it. Like that is somebody that, yeah, like we should chat about this or I could ask them a question and then just kind of get a feel for things versus just like randomly going up to people and be like, hey, uh, you know, we're both at the same conference. Maybe we could be friends, you know, like that's, that's what I think of when I think networking and that just like, no. So I didn't even (laughs) actually write networking. I said it, but it's not actually written down. I just have developed relationships last collaborations because I think I also hate the word networking and it it just sounds so forced. It's not about forcing it at all. It's, it's, being more authentic, but it's also about realizing when you are at conferences or you are at these professional meetings, these are opportunities. opportunities. And it's fine if you go and you have a whole day where you don't talk to a new person. Fine. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) I have lots of those days. But I think that if you find someone you're interested in or just like if you can keep in mind, oh, I saw this poster, this person might have something they could add. I've certainly done that because it also feels less weird to go up to somebody and be like, hey, uh, you don't know me, but can we be friends versus... Hey, um, I, you know, I, I came to your lecture at so-and-so you send them an email and I, I have this project idea and I thought yes. you'd be great to collaborate with. Is this something you'd be interested in? Exactly. And I have done that and that doesn't feel weird because Good. that's very professional. Yeah. So it's just, the, I think it is the word networking and just the thought of that. Cause I've been at conferences yeah. where somebody's like, here, come meet this person. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, no, thank you. Yes. So don't call it networking. <laughs> yeah. That's um, the key. And then, uh, the, you know, one of the other things I've seen, especially working with companies again, outside of academia is. A lot of times they'll be so small. I mean, they might be two people and they really need an academic collaborator to sort of get their feasibility studies done. And they are very nervous about making those connections. Mm -hmm. Just it's kind of like cold calling. I mean, cold emailing, you sort of find someone who's an expert in the field and you say, that's what I'm doing. I would say, don't be too afraid of that because again, all the worst they can say is no. Yeah. And a lot of faculty members are really interested in having those collaborations with yeah. small companies. Those are really great for them. They're really interesting projects. Yeah. The, uh, if they, if they get a piece of the grant, the university gets they indirect like costs that. and no, they didn't I've really actually, have to put in the grant. Themselves. I've not really thought of it that way, but I've gotten these types of emails and it's yeah. led to some projects at times. Oh, that's great. So I just didn't really think of it that way, but yeah. So I've been on both ends of this too. Yeah. So just for, for the broad audience, if you're not in academics, but you probably are, <laughs> but if you're not, don't be afraid yeah, to make those okay. connections because it's, uh, people are very interested in yeah. all these types of projects. So yeah. uh, just don't. Be, but maybe don't also be like afraid. if the first person says, "Hey, that's not something I have time. Don't give up forever." Like there's oh exactly else out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have have maybe a list of like five people. Yeah. That you can go to yeah. that you you would be interested in. So um, let's see. Cool. Number four. Number four. This is after you've put it all together. Okay. Hopefully, have someone read your proposal. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, this is really important to put the time into your sort of project schedule. Again, not waiting until the, you know, 12 hours before it's due to give them your full proposal. Maybe we should clarify 
that someone shouldn't be just anyone. Like, don't call up your mom and be like, mom, can you read this? No, like, unless, unless your mom is like an expert <laughs> yes. in that particular field. And or, then cool, good for you. But I was going to say there's a couple of, I've worked on some DOD projects where they want a lay abstract and oh. a technical abstract. Oh, that's a good And point. they really mean lay okay. abstract. So, so then maybe call your mom for that one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But for the most part, if we're talking, yeah. you know, an NIH and NSF grant, Ideally, you at least have one person who's pretty familiar with your work right. and can really critique the, the content. The really. content. Yeah. Again, hopefully you're not changing your aims at right. this point. Like maybe have that person also look at your specific aims page yeah. first, but can really critique, you know, but I think you're making missing. sure that it makes sense. Yeah. Too. I, I feel like for me, it's mostly, am I conveying what I want to convey? Like, can somebody right. read this for the first time and get what I'm trying to do? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And, and ideally someone who's very well-versed in your science mm -hmm. can point out holes that you yeah. might've missed that blind spots that you didn't realize you didn't explain something. Well, mm -hmm. I think it also helps to have someone who's like relatively could understand it, but is not quite in your field yeah. because I think they can find even more like this blind doesn't spots, make sense you know? to me. What are you trying to say here? Yeah, exactly. That's fair. So it's Maybe, really important. Yeah. And if you can only have one person read it, that's fine. Um, but at least one person yeah. I think should read it because yeah. You might be, you might have missed a spelling thing yes. that you didn't even notice. I mean, it happens all the time. Read over it sixteen yeah. times, and I mean, yeah. I'm an editor, and I yeah. I sometimes go back over my stuff, and I think, oh, how did I miss that? But yeah. it's because it's my thing, exactly. and I'm not seeing it. So yeah. that's really, really important. Yep. Um, and then the fifth one. This okay. is the last one all in right. the sort of project management type of tips is once you've submitted. Submit on time, I think, is like an obvious one, so I didn't include it there. Okay, fair. Submit on time. Yeah, it kind Don't of goes along that. with like read the directions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once you've gotten your reviews back, so again, some private foundations might not have the the resources to yeah, give you like, like an a lot of feedback. Yeah. But if you're going to the NIH or you're going to the NSF, you're going to get some sort of review back. Yeah. Really go over those reviews. And if I, I understand. I have seen the reviews where I, I look at it and I think they did they didn't read the grant. You know, uh, the, you, you see yeah. that they point out something and you think, I said that. Yeah. But still really read them because there'll still be things in there that can help you because yeah. maybe you thought you said something very clearly. Yeah. And if they didn't, especially if more than one person, more, more than one reviewer is commenting, yeah. you didn't say it clearly. Right. Yeah. For whatever reason. So that can be really helpful. And again, this is another place where you can follow up with the program officer. Yeah. You can say you know, I got these reviews. I'd like to discuss them. Sometimes for NIH, you get a score. You can find out if your score is potentially fundable okay. or is probably yeah. too high to get funded. Um, but I think a lot of times people will get the reviews back and just kind of put them, I was going to say in a drawer, but you have yeah. to print them out to put them in a drawer Yeah, and just in leave them drawer. online yeah. <laughs> and not look at them. And just be, just feel disappointed just and feel be like, disappointed okay, all that time was wasted. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be. And in some mechanisms, might let you resubmit. Right. Or and maybe the, there's another grant somewhere that you could tweak, read those directions, exactly. and then tweak it, and it doesn't mean it's yes. a lost cause. Yeah. Yeah, and the program officer can give you a lot because they'll know sort of what the discussion was surrounding okay. the grant. Gotcha. And they can give you a lot of feedback on 
oh yeah, people were very positive about this, but they just were running into these few issues. Right. The or, idea was really good. That exactly. was supported, but that you had some technical issues or yes. technically it was very good, but like they were bored with yeah, it. Yeah. Or know? we just didn't see the significance. Right. This isn't good. Maybe, yeah. So it's technically a really good grant, but maybe not for this particular funding opportunity. Maybe right. there's somewhere else that Yeah. And they can also this. give you, if they think dies. of it, they, they might know of other funding opportunities that would be yeah. a better fit. Um, they can also say, we just didn't really like the project. Yeah. And then you know, okay, maybe I shouldn't resubmit this and I need right. to go back to the like drawing board and think of some yeah. new things or this was not the right place I need for to find it. a different source yeah. Yeah, for funding. Yeah. So I think it's... <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's really important to take that feedback and use it instead of... Because I'm, I'm like this. I'm, I'll be like, oh, I don't want to look at that because right. it makes me feel yeah. bad. But... And that's okay for a few days, but like sure, maybe make a point sure. to go back to it. Exactly. Because yeah. it's not a lost cause. It's, it's all useful. And one thing we did when we worked with companies was a lot of the companies, you know, they wanted to get funded, but it was also just kind of like a free way for them to get feedback that's on true. their, I mean, not free because you're putting in a lot of time, obviously, right. but it was a low cost and relatively low effort, honestly, in the end of getting a lot of feedback on your ideas yeah. to know, because if you're building a company, you want to know if your idea yeah. is viable and that feedback can be super, super yeah. valuable for figuring yeah. out how to go forward. Now, I think, you know, um, getting over the rejection initially, cause it, you know, that never feels good. Even, you know, maybe you've poured your heart and soul into this, or maybe this, maybe you left it last minute and you weren't that surprised that it didn't get funded. I don't know. Sure. But either way, it doesn't feel good to get the rejection. So, no. you know, lick your wounds, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. But then come back to it and, you know, get something useful yeah. out of it. So, okay. So to summarize, read the instructions yes. and follow them. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> give yourself enough time. Yes. Uh, develop. Develop. Oh, that's relationships. The, the networking one. That's the one I was like. I'm not networking. Like, <laughs> we're not calling it networking. Right. Develop your relationships. Don't be afraid to talk to people. Yes. Have someone else read your proposal before yes. you submit it. Give yourself enough time for that. And finally, take advantage of the feedback um, if right. you aren't successful yeah. in that. So, um, I mean, I think, like you said, they, they do seem a little bit common sense, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, it just, maybe it's good to think about that in advance and, it always and remind helps. yourself. Yeah, I think it always helps to have those in mind because these things, even though they seem easy individually, it's you're doing a lot of other stuff. I mean, yeah. if you're applying for grants, even if you're an academic that lives on grants, you still have other things you're doing. Right. And it can be so easy to let this stuff yeah. fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And just these little, I think... Because it's a little dry, let's be honest. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I've read like, oh my a very God, long super funding opportunity announcement. Okay. Yeah. They're not that interesting. No, it's not. And like putting it... You're, you, you might be excited about your idea, but like putting it on paper is, is not the most exciting part of it. But right. it's super important if you want to actually do it. So, yes. um, well, this has been really, really fun, um, really helpful. And I think it's really nice to have a different perspective, um, to kind of tell us about this. And I'm hoping that you'll be willing to come back and maybe we can talk a little bit more about, um, some other aspects of, of just the scientific process. And, um, but I, I've really enjoyed having you, Sarah. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. I'd like to thank Topher, my producer. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Vet Journal Club. Our website is veterinaryjournalclub.fireside.fm. Email us with questions, comments, or show ideas at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com. And remember to check back weekly for new episodes, and we'll catch you next time.